Hello, and welcome to the Astrology Witch Podcast. I'm Tiana, your host, and today we're going to be talking about Neptune signs. First of all, I wanted to offer a special thanks to my patrons who make these episodes possible and gain access to tons of exclusive magical and astrological content. I really appreciate you guys so much. Um, It kind of encourages me a lot (laughs) to keep doing this. Uh, You know, listeners generally are great, so even if you're not a patron and you're just listening, I want you to know I also appreciate you. And that your comments, your feedback, like your enthusiasm for astrology and all the DMs I get from you guys, all the um, feedback, even some of the emails I received have really just made my day. So thank you so much if you've done that. And if not, if you're just a lurker, then no worries. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes and finding that they're helpful to you and that you're learning a lot about astrology because I find it fun to share the different aspects. And I think too, um, I try to bring some new things to the episodes and I also try to incorporate the mythology and kind of more of a mystical viewpoint because I noticed a lot of astrology, not just podcasts, but videos generally tend to be very secular or very new age minded, but not really from like a pagan witchy standpoint. So that's something to keep in mind for the episodes that I create. They're always going to kind of have that lean. And um, lastly, before we get into the episode, if you feel inclined to help support my work, you can find me on Patreon by searching for the Astrology Witch Podcast. And again, you'll gain access to lots of magical content, planetary information, monthly astrology reports, seasonal path workings, and early access to ad-free episodes, which is pretty cool. I'm also trying to incorporate more and more things as I go along and as I get more ideas. So there's a lot happening there. So I'm really excited about it. So I will link that in the description and, you know, no shade if you're not into it. But uh, for those who are, thank you so much. And let's get into this episode all about Neptune. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the mythology of Neptune. So Neptune is the Roman god of the sea. He was also known as Neptunus by the Romans and was originally considered the god of fresh water. So like rivers, springs, and different bodies of water as opposed to ocean or salt water. And some historians think that he may have started out as a kind of sky god, which really is interesting since most people associate Roman gods with Greek gods. Um, but this Neptunian character, Neptune or Neptunus, uh, actually predates the Greek interaction. They actually think, uh, he was originally a different god. Oh, if you're hearing that, man, I live in the city and I don't have, uh, (laughs) what is it called? Um, soundproofing in this room. So apologies if it's quite loud, but we're doing well with what we have, I suppose. Making do with what we have. That's what I mean. Anyhow, so (laughs) some historians think he may have started out as a sky god, casting lightning bolts with his trident instead of just throwing it and using it, you know, to part the sea waves or whatever as he does later as god of the sea. Others say he may even have been just a fertility god who sent and guarded natural springs of water from the earth. Um, And he's even associated with horse racing, so like as a horse racing deity in Roman culture. Um, even his, uh, what is it called? His temple is actually near like a horse racing area in Rome. I think it's Rome. Uh, he is often seen 
though, as the Roman equivalent to the Greek sea god Poseidon, so that's how most people know him. However, Neptune is, again, one of the few gods of the Roman pantheon, which has origins within the Latin culture of Rome, which, again, is very surprising since we equivalent, uh, we basically make them the equivalent of Greek gods, right? Like, that's how most historians will look at the Roman gods is Rome comes into uh, encounters Greek culture and Greek religion and basically absorbs all of their all of their pantheon and just sort of renames them but Neptune's one of the few that uh, historians say basically existed and predates their interactions so um, his role, however, as freshwater god changed when the Romans did encounter Greek religion and absorb much of it into their culture, as I said, turning Neptune into a god of the sea. In his origin story, Neptune was born to parents, Saturn and Ops. During the birth of Neptune, Saturn's own father reveals a kind of doom prophecy for him at the hands of his children, similar to the Greek god Kronos. So just as in the Kronos myth, Saturn eats his children as they're born, including Neptune, and Ops, his wife, tricks Saturn into eating a rock instead of Jupiter, much like Zeus in the Greek myth, and all children that he swallows, including Neptune, are thrown up by Saturn, return to the world, and take up the mantle of gods in the world, leaving Neptune to have dominion over the sea. So this myth is pretty identical to the Greek one, you might notice. <laughs> and Neptune is typically depicted as a graying old man with a beard and a trident very similar to poseidon and actually when you think about it very similar to uh odin in a way um so there was a festival held in neptune's honor known as neptunalia which we don't really hear that much about anymore in the modern time which i wish we would it sounds like a cool thing so basically this festival took place at the height of summer on july 23rd and it was probably a time when water was most needed or most scarce, such as in times of excess heat or drought. So that's when they would, you know, turn up for Neptunalia. And Neptune had a temple in Rome. And this is what I was talking about. It was uh, near the Circus Flaminius, Flaminius uh, also known as like a Roman racetrack, basically. And it featured a host of water deities. So you see this kind of like, correlation with being Neptune god of the sea but also still maintaining that association with horse racing and sacrifices of a bull were typical um, and Neptune along with Jupiter, Apollo, and Mars are the only gods to whom bulls were considered the sacrificial offering and sacrifices have a very important role to play when it comes to Roman slash Greek gods because if you get the sacrifice wrong you can anger them and like do more harm than good so uh, that's an interesting little tidbit <laughs> so Neptune in astrology let's talk about the significance of Neptune when it comes to astrology so in astrology Neptune rules Pisces the sea of consciousness the endless flow of creativity right all the things that Pisces represents in astrology that we can associate it with and it's important to distinguish the fact that this is new Western tropical astrology. And while some of the significators will be very similar in traditional Hellenic astrology, um, there are some differences. 
So in traditional Hellenic astrology, Pisces is actually ruled by Jupiter, and newer planets are basically ignored. So Neptune, Pluto, and Uranus were discovered much later as planets, so or planetary bodies, if you will. And so they basically don't exist yet to these uh, people who are doing traditional astrology in Greece during that time. And so because of that, uh, you know, traditional astrologists who follow the Hellenic astrology uh, that's kind of being rediscovered now, uh, they ignore the newer planets. That's just something to note if you're curious about traditional astrology, then, you know, the planets are slightly different. They follow a more traditional pattern, whereas new Western tropical astrology incorporates the new planets, such as, again, Neptune, Pluto, Uranus, and uh, places new leadership for certain zodiac signs. So that's just something to keep in mind. Okay, so as it was, <laughs> Neptune now rules Pisces in some astrologers take a middle-of-the-road approach and they incorporate both Neptune and Jupiter aspects into their understanding of Pisces placement. So take that as you will. It basically is a personal choice um, whether you want to be a traditionalist or more modern thought. Um, and again, those aren't the only two types of astrology, but those are the ones that I know most about and also um, that will kind of follow this line of thinking. They're more Western styles, if you will. Okay, so in modern Western tropical astrology, Neptune rules over things like inspiration, imagination, dreams, psychic development, and receptivity, illusions, delusions, confusion, spirituality, naivete, and a dreamy sort of idealism about things. Some other associations include intuition, spiritual enlightenment, compassion, emotion, mercy, music, drugs, hospitals, healing spiritual medicine, deceptions, deceit, guilt, addiction, escapism, trickery, and boundlessness. So things with no boundaries. Most people in the same generation typically share the same Neptune sign because of how slow Neptune moves through the sky. And this gives Neptune's influence a generational feel. However, the house placement may differ and alter it slightly from person to person. So for example, someone might have Neptune in Pisces, yay, very natural placement, um, but they may have it in the first house while the other person has it in the fourth house or what have you, you know, depending on how many years apart they are. Um, and the influence of Neptune may also be altered by different aspects and whether or not other personal planets also land in the sign of Pisces, which will enhance Neptune's qualities and make them that much stronger. In a person's natal chart, Neptune's position and strength indicate how dreams and psychic affinity and emotional depth, musical talent, poetic spirit, magic and fantasy, spirituality and mysticism, imagine, imagine, imagination and inspiration, devotion and sacrifice, compassion and empathy and intuition all play into their life. And obviously, you know, if you have Neptune in your fifth house, it might affect your dating life and creative expression. Whereas someone who has it in the first house uh, may have a dreamy appearance or may have like really dreamy kind of identity that's very 
bohemian, <laughs> if you will. Um, in Pisces, Neptune is in its natural domicile, and all that means is that it Neptune naturally rules Pisces in Western tropical astrology. Uh, so that is like a natural placement for it to be, but there are other places. So it's considered in its detriment in the sign of Virgo, which is the opposite sign from Pisces. Um, so it's kind of in a in not so great placement, a more difficult placement for it to be in. It's considered to be in its fall, both in Aquarius and Capricorn, as the Saturnian slash Uranian um, energies are considered to be like an opposition of Neptunian energies, and it's considered exalted in Leo and Cancer. So if you have Neptune in Aquarius and Capricorn, you might find that you have a more difficult time, and if you have Neptune in Leo or Cancer, then you might find that you know, you're kind of like in a happier placement, depending on the house it lands in, obviously, and the other aspects. Okay, so that pretty much sums up the general basics of Neptune. Now we're going to go ahead and go through the signs. Okay, so starting out with Neptune in Aries. Neptune in Aries often makes a person imaginative about personal independence, ambition, and breaking down barriers in a unique, kind of trailblazing way. They're typically energetic and fiery, but may struggle with uncovering their true passions. Or they could be just clouded by those passions and un unable to see things objectively. Neptune creates a kind of cloud of confusion at times. Um, or it can give a person, person imagination and creativity, so it really just depends on the placement. These people are typically energetic and fiery, but they just might struggle with either figuring out what their true driving ambition is, or be clouded about those ambitions, so they might have something they're very passionate about, and because they are so passionate, it creates a kind of confusion for them and they're not able to see things uh, fully as they are. Spirituality and religion are quite strong in these people and they usually desire peace through spirituality for all however it can sometimes come off a little strong. So Neptune in Aries may have a tendency to try to convince others to come to share their beliefs and they may even have a kind of crusader vibe about them though they do prefer to convert people through peace and not war, but like war for religion, you know? <laughs> At the same time, they might question ancient traditions and beliefs themselves and may seek alternate paths for everything. These people have the ability to bring about major change, especially in the arts, but they may be deceived by others when they're consumed by those passions that they have. They have a great affinity for physical prowess because Aries various physical signs that Mars energy still folds through, uh, but they can have a tendency toward impulsivity. And these people are inspired to start things which spark their imagination, but follow through can sometimes be an issue depending on other planetary influences. And there is a great potential here to break down barriers related to the self and identity and truly achieve the extraordinary. Okay. Neptune in Taurus. Neptune in Taurus has an emphasis on possessions and self-worth, as you do when you're a Taurus in anything. 
they may be hung up on having the best items. They may be slow to motivate and start projects, but once they start something, they can be unstoppable. They're usually practical about their desires and the way they go about achieving their goals. This is a placement which revolves around material resources and sort of collecting them all. <laughs> there can be a tendency to hoard items or even compulsively spend if the placement is more difficult. These people are typically practical, down to earth, and face challenges head on to achieve whatever they desire, no matter how unlikely it may seem to onlookers. They also have an eye for art, a love for beauty, and an appreciation for nature, which is all well and good unless they overindulge, which can be a tendency. They just really love stuff. Uh, some of these people may overindulge in shopping, drugs, alcoholism, or whatever brings them the most pleasure and comfort in the moment. Neptune and Taurus people can have many extravagant ideas in their daily lives. They often desire to bring major change to society and love to make a spectacle through aesthetics. Some may struggle, if you can hear that, that's an airplane. I live close to LAX now, so sorry, but we're doing what we can. Okay, so some may struggle with finances and overspending, overeating, romantic idealism, or other generally extreme behaviors when it comes to pleasure seeking. Ultimately, if they're seeking pleasure or comfort, that's when they can sort of get into trouble. There's a need for boundaries here, as there is with any Neptune placement or Pisces placement, honestly. Uh, but for this specific Neptune in Pisces, they need boundaries in the areas of finance, pleasure, and they're capable of so much once they achieve balance in these areas. Okay, Neptune in Gemini. So Neptune in Gemini has an idealistic view of the people around them. They see the best in everyone and they enjoy spending time with other people. They actually have an affinity for communication, education, deep thought, and connecting with others on any level. That's the gift of Gemini, wherever you have it. These people often excel in communication, research, and logical reasoning, but they may live and die by their ideals and ideas about the world, which might even be like super far from reality and lead to a little bit of delusional thinking. That said, these individuals are passionate, make great speakers, and have an affinity for mechanics, math, spiritual and occult sciences, education, teaching, and communications generally. So writing, speaking, and thinking. So coming up with really cool ideas, creative ideas, especially when it comes to like learning or teaching or connecting with others. And as with any Gemini sign, they do well to <laughs> Just pick a few ideas, you know? I have a lot of Gemini placements, and one of the problems with Gemini placements is that we tend to be very scatterbrained. We get super inspired by all the ideas coming into our brain, and then we get overwhelmed by those ideas, and then we also have a short attention span, so we either go gung-ho into one thing for like a month and then lose interest, or <laughs> we might, um, just you know really get scattered about the amount of ideas we have and get overwhelmed and then not do anything with it so in order to avoid the overwhelm that can sometimes happen with this especially in this type of placement especially if you have it in like the second house, second house the tenth house um 
those material houses can really mess you up. <laughs> Even if you have it in like a task house, like a, the sixth house, you know, where you got your routines and things, that can really mess you up. Um, so taking just a couple of those ideas or a couple of those goals uh, to avoid having a million different ideas, which leads to analysis paralysis or just like being frozen in time because, you know, you can never possibly achieve them all at once like you want to. Then, you know, taking a couple and working on those. There should also be a caution of others taking advantage of this confusion and this lack of clarity. So a dose of practicality, hard work, and sincere effort does this placement a lot of good. Refrain from small talk and gossip as well, social climbing and pettiness. You know, you're better than that. And this placement has so much just beauty, but like beauty in the fact that you can connect with other people and the communication gifts that you have. And also the creativity of the fact that you can connect with other people and speak with such charm, I guess, if you will. Okay, Neptune in Cancer. Neptune and Cancer people are very protective and nurturing, especially to their loved ones, and they enjoy being surrounded by them at all times. These people are people who will do anything to protect those close to them and feel a deep emotional connection to their inner circle, especially if it lands in like a family house, like the fourth house um, that is like the house of home, so they would be even more underscored here for Neptune and Cancer. Um, Neptune and Cancer is considered to be exalted and these people have a deep love for family and other related comforts such as cooking. Um, this can lead to overindulgence, however, kind of similar to Neptune and Taurus. However, the overindulgence can sometimes be with food or neglecting health or it can lead to health complications. So taking care of your health and having boundaries with your family is very necessary with this placement. Uh, so the same issues again with finance, food, drugs, comfort um, of Neptune and Taurus can sort of be seen here with Neptune and Cancer. So balance is vital for a healthy uh, manifestation of this placement. Nurturing your family and mothering instincts are strong in these people. They may also be highly emotional and sensitive in their relationships, which can cause some issues it may help to lower the expectations of those closest to them as they tend to be very idealized and high for others to reach. So in order to avoid letting yourself down every single time, if people don't necessarily live up to those expectations, you know, it's best to keep things as realistic as you can. Traditions are highly important to these people and they will often do anything to keep their family unit together at any cost. Some Neptune, Good lord, it's like every... <laughs> of course, all day it's been silent. And now that I'm recording my podcast, there are 8 million planes over my head. <laughs> we'll make do. So, Neptune and Cancer people can sometimes suffer from mental health disorders or other issues. So again, this is why self-care and mental well-being is so essential and really vital to this placement. All of that to say, they often make 
incredibly intuitive, sensitive, and caring counselors and friends for a lifetime. These people have dreams related to their home, family, country, life, and self-development. They may have dreams about their origins and history, roots, and beliefs which fuel this imagination. However, they should be wary of the tendency to become a bit deluded by these same topics, especially if they are consumed by their emotions. <laughs> Neptune and Cancer people have the potential to dissolve family traditions and ethnic origins and garner more than most by utilizing their powerful imagination and ability to manifest new experiences. Okay, so moving on to Neptune and Leo. Neptune and Leo are typically very charismatic, fun-loving, impulsive, passionate, idealistic, and magnetic. And like any Leo placement, they often have a flair for drama and entertainment. These people are very extravagant and showy. They love the spotlight and they are deeply creative. They are also lovable, generous, make amazing friends and partners, and would likely excel in any of their artistic endeavors. Again, this is another Neptune placement that is considered exalted. However, their failings often lie in their impulsivity and their need for attention. Neptune and Leo may also have a distaste for reality, which can create a need for drama and fantasy in life, so they never have to face life head on. These people typically like children and related industries. They may even have a bit of a Peter Pan complex about growing up and adulthood and just never really want to, you know, feel like they've matured or maybe they just have like a childlike spirit. That said, Neptune and Leo people are great problem solvers who often yearn to make a name for themselves in the public eye or to achieve, achieve fame by any means. And they usually can. They're natural born leaders and often attain followings quite easily. Neptune and Leo folks are often gifted with the ability to create extraordinary worlds of imagination and fantasy through their creations in fashion, film, art, and the entertainment world generally. Some may even possess the ability to hypnotize others through these creations and inspire them in a magical and fantastical way. So you can see here that the exaltation of Neptune uh, can help someone to create wondrous things, especially when it comes to creativity and art, and um, and at the same time, you know, it still has that impulsivity, that need for uh, tension that kind of makes it a little bit extreme if people are not careful. And now we're on Neptune in Virgo. Neptune and Virgo are naturally caring people and deeply invested in healing, health, and protecting others by being of service. They're idealistic, empathetic, and attentive to small details and observations. Some of these people would make really incredible physicians and healthcare workers. However, others may be struck by obsessive compulsive issues regarding health and disease, so like maybe a hypochondriac. So balance is definitely essential in their mental well-being and thoughts regarding health and hygiene. Exercise may also help dispel physical and mental worries for these people. As with Neptune and Cancer, Neptune and Virgo also cherish their family and family life, which gives them a sense of security. The natural world may also provide them some solace from their never-ending pursuit of perfection. These people should take care to avoid becoming overly critical or obsessively analytical to the point that it stands in the way of their connection with others. At the same time, it's important that while they help others, they also need to care for their own health and life 
and not neglect themselves for the sake of others' needs. Neptune and Virgo people are usually highly spiritual, and they may even have an affinity for prophecy, though trust in self should be developed for them to have belief in this ability. These people also tend to be strong environmentalists and wish to protect the natural world. That said, they may want to take care that they don't become fanatical about their beliefs and, you know, turn people off by that. Or just become a re religious zealot, that'd be terrifying. And Neptune and Virgo folks are often idealistic in areas regarding health, nutrition, work, and routines. They may be idealistic about how they serve others and sensitive to the problems of those they wish to help. However, their idealism can cloud their reality, and they may be critical of anyone who doesn't hold their same views. There's much versatility for these people, though, and they can oscillate between their idealism, imagination, and need to cover all the details and achieve perfection, which, of course, is impossible. Balance, again, is essential to calm negative placements here. Okay, Neptune in Libra. Neptune and Libra people enjoy being diplomatic, and they hold strong opinions regarding freedom, justice, and equality. They're very inclined to take a stand for their beliefs while also acting as mediators and diffusing tensions between others. At the same time, Neptune and Libra people have a deep desire for partners and relationships in life, you know, it's Libra, but they may need to learn to compromise and sacrifice in order to attain such things. Many of these people have a tendency to have strict disciplines, love the fine arts, may be highly spiritual, may even be attracted to highly secretive or illicit occupations, kind of wild to think about. These people often have an affinity for fashion, music, and politics. For Neptune and Libra, there's a need to develop emotionally and plunge the depths of life to experience more spiritual growth and material growth. The problem is that they can become addicted to the harmony and balance that they so pricely, pricely, precisely hone within their lives, that they make no strong moves in any particular direction. They just don't want to rock the boat. They simply want to keep that harmony and balance going as long as possible because it makes them feel safe. So because of this, indecision may become a big problem for them and the need for internal balance is definitely essential. So focusing on that internal balance, not the external balance and perfection, which is impossible to achieve. There may also be idealism and romanticizing in life, which can lead to some disappointment. So expectations need to be managed here. They need to be lowered to a more realistic level while also putting in sincere effort to achieve their dreams and still be present and enjoy life. These people should avoid seeking comfort or getting into relationships with people who take comfort in substance abuse as this can cause some issues for them. Any Libra placement can be a little people-pleasy and uh, sometimes a little codependent or even have issues where they want to make others happy to the extent that they compromise their own well-being. And with the influence of Neptune, which causes confusion, delusion, and sometimes can lead to that need for escapism in a not so positive way depending on how the aspects are there's definitely an uh, a need to have good friends to surround yourself with good people who hold you to high ideals who uh, make you a better person rather than bring you down a different road which you can easily be swayed by in the sign of libra okay neptune in scorpio neptune and scorpio people are intense and passionate of course 
often with interest in the occult, religion, or very fringe topics. They're talented, ambitious, clever, investigative, and deeply invested in the secrets of the world. Of course, with any Scorpio placement, these are kind of the through line. These people often have a curiosity about the darker sides of life, usually giving them an interest in deep spirituality, the occult sciences and secrets, meditation, psychology and medicine, or even sexuality to a certain extent. They're often highly sensual, passionate, and sexually charged individuals. Neptune and Scorpio people are often drawn to the paranormal and mystical beliefs, or otherwise a desire to explore the secrets of humanity. This placement can often lose itself to substance abuse or short tempers. So proper energy channeling into their passions about the depth of life and healing others is a great way to not be dragged by it dragged down into the negative aspects of this placement. So there's definitely a need to put all of that energy into healing and the things you're passionate and driven to do in life or to explore in life in a positive way. That way you're not using that energy that you have to, you know, do things that maybe are destructive. And that's true of any zodiacal sign that is uh, you know ruled by mars with the mars influence here and neptune there's just like energy and aggression but then also uh delusion right with neptune can it can make things cloudy so just something to be aware of so neptune and scorpio folks tend to dream of secret and deep intensities of life in a passionate way there may be a strong interest in hypnosis, mysticism, or fringe spiritualism, and sex. Some may wish to, wish to join cultish or alternative religious groups, or search for profound secrets about life and death. There may be an interest in space, extra, extraterrestrials, UFOs, magical creatures, spirits, and other unverified paranormal phenomena. There can sometimes be a desire to believe in things simply because they seem deep and magical. So, you know, avoid doing the funky and weird simply to explore something that you think is deep and magical even when it's really not for you and doesn't hold meaning for you. Uh, there's a need for balance between the intense selfishness and the intense self-sacrificing feeling that this sign can, uh, sorry, this placement can sometimes produce. And it's essential, again, to avoid tipping too far in one direction. So there's a need for balance. So between just being completely self-focused and then completely needing to martyr yourself for others. <laughs> okay, Neptune in Sagittarius. Neptune in Sagittarius, people believe deeply in freedom for all. They're incredibly tolerant of other people and they have deep dreams for a better world where we all live in harmony and respect one another. It's a little bit idealistic, right? <laughs> However, these people often have incredible psychic power and an immense sense of perception, a deep love for freedom and independence, and they enjoy good fun and adventure. They are a Sagittarius placement after all. There may be a deep desire for idealism in life and dreams for a more tolerant society, which may lead these folks to work toward creating that future, which actually a Sagittarius placement is great at. So even though they seem a bit idealistic, they actually are quite capable of bringing a good amount of this 
into reality. At the same time, they must avoid losing touch with reality in their quest for manifesting this ideal future. And facing problems directly will allow them to easily overcome obstacles. Neptune and Sagittarius can sometimes cause a fear of the future or dangers in life. These people can reach incredible heights in the area of religion, philosophy, and higher education. They may be attracted to esoteric sciences, astrology, hey, and other prophecy methods, but there's a real need to remain practical in life to stay grounded, otherwise these people can turn into quite the fanatics. The ideal state is to develop a sense of compassion in life and work for the betterment of those in need. Good common sense development is vital for these folks to avoid being taken advantage of. Neptune in Sagittarius people usually have an affinity to overcome problems with tolerance, freedom, equality, justice, and intercultural issues, and create powerful solutions in these areas. All right, Neptune in Capricorn. Neptune and Capricorn people tend to be very wrapped up in the material world, often invested in making money and achieving success. They typically desire wealth, power, and will put in the work to make these desires a reality. They may struggle with confusion on the road to achievement, but they tend to be inventive, imaginative, and practical. These people desire material success in the world, especially accolades, name, and fame, but are not overcome with egotism like some other placements might be. Instead, they enjoy attaining success and money through hard work and effort for the sake of the process. These people are hard workers who put sincere efforts toward their desires. There's a need to develop trust, optimism, compassion, and empathy in regard to others, and their own efforts as they can have a tendency toward perfectionism and they have a sense of harsh criticism so they're probably their own worst critics and that can lead to criticism of others as well. Neptune in Capricorn is highly conservative and often sticks to traditional beliefs and customs. These people may have an affinity for art and music and do well in their career life. They often excel in positions of authority but must avoid idealism and perfectionist tendencies in their work life, which can lead to some dissatisfaction. These people are quite prudent and reserved in areas of fame, success, power, and control, but make no mistake, they do dream of becoming rich, powerful, and even famous. The trouble is that there may be some confusion about the process of succeeding and the work and details it involves. They often have an interest in beauty and entertainment-related businesses, or otherwise the helping professions. Even the wildest ideas can be applied practically by these people in order to make money, profits, and success. All right, Neptune in Aquarius. Neptune in Aquarius people are often loyal, eccentric, unconventional, and unique individuals. They may seem a bit different than everyone else, and they're idealistic and passionate regarding their dreams and passions, friendships, and humanity as a whole. Uh, it's important to remember that Aquarius is sort of rules over the collective, the groups in our lives. And these people are all about freedom and friendship in life, but they may also be quite selfish and self-centered. Neptune and Aquarius are often visionaries in life, especially with humanitarian pursuits that improve the world and collective as a whole. 
They also often succeed in creating and advancing technology, which may have some impact on humanity and the world for the better. So they want to do these really big things that are creative and innovative, whether that's through technology or creating something that's just very unique that helps a lot of people. And these people rebel against tradition and typically don't have much interest in religion, unless it's science or something fringe, alternative, or unconventional. And there's a tendency toward unconventional dreams and idealistic views and a rebelliousness towards anyone who makes these people feel trapped, tied down, or less free than they feel they ought to be. <laughs> and there's a strong devotion to their own beliefs and a fierce loyalty to friends. These people tend to be idealistic, sensitive, passionate, and dedicated to their beliefs and aspirations. And they seek to break down conventions and barriers in unconventional ways, which can produce unexpected results. And finally, Neptune in Pisces. Neptune in Pisces is in its natural leadership, which again, its natural ruler, or sometimes they call it its domicile, which literally just means natural ruler. And these people are often very spiritual and religious, selfless, empathetic, and desire nothing more than to serve others in a worthy and meaningful cause to create the best, most peaceful world for all. These people often have very selfless personalities and they're willing to serve and sacrifice for others with little to no recognition. They just want to do what's best for the world. They often have an affinity for all forms of art, especially music and poetry. There's a need to be wary of substances here as there can be a tendency towards abuse, dependency, and escapism. Because some may search for a religious ecstasy, there's a need for caution against deception deception through drugs and or alcohol, turning this energy towards helping others and finding alternate ways of transcendence is a more productive avenue for sure. Finding a positive outlet for emotions, strong boundaries, and finding spiritual meaning and fulfillment is essential for these individuals to be healthy and happy. Neptune in Pisces often has an attraction to mysticism, occult sciences, and psychic development. In fact, they may even possess some gifts in this area because they are Pisces and it's in its natural rulership of Neptune. Their perception and consciousness can be a bit more heightened than all of the other signs. They're deeply emotional, sensitive, and compassionate to the feelings of others. Neptune in Pisces people often put all of their effort to achieve success in their ambitions, but they might take the slightest loss or setback harder than most and for this reason they need strong friendship support and positive encouragement these people dream of solving problems and dissolving boundaries regarding religion service and meaningful acts of self-sacrifice they may have a need to transcend barriers of humanity and the collective consciousness Okay, so now that we've gone through the signs, let's go through the magical workings that are possible to do with Neptune. There are some options, and these are probably my favorite. I've included a couple that I probably wouldn't personally do, but that are options nonetheless. So there are great options, I think, to do magical workings with Neptune when it comes to imagination and creativity, especially to manifest unconventional solutions for something. If you're someone who has writer's block or you're not feeling inspired to create art or something, or you do something in your professional life that's incredibly creative and involves coming up with creative solutions, even something like marketing, 
um, these could be great ways to help you uh, harness the energy of Neptune in a really positive way. You could also use Neptune for psychic development, dream interpretation, and developing your own intuition, or in anything regarding spirituality and religion. And you could also, again, for creative and artistic pursuits, especially the creation of art, poetry, and music. Um, using Neptune as well in a humanitarian pursuit, perhaps when it comes to charity or selfless service to others and anything that makes humanity uh, better in some way. You can use Neptune to dissolve boundaries. You can use Neptune in magical workings for safe travels, especially those over water. Uh, in a less positive light, you can use magical workings with Neptune to cause confusion, chaos, deception, or illusion. You can very clean cut <laughs> clean cut I don't even know if that's a word. You could use Neptune in a very straightforward manner, I should say, with water magic. Uh, or you could do like magical workings that involve rain or the ocean or any spells or rituals that are related to bodies of water. Magical workings that you could do as well with Neptune to improve relationships with animals, especially those creatures who dwell in the water, but just generally, you know, animals. And also for horse race betting, which is that Neptunian uh, traditional association that we talked about earlier on in the podcast, which is the <laughs> Neptune as a horse race deity. Um, kind of fascinating to think about. Um, but yeah, those are just a few of the ways you could use Neptune in a magical working. And if, again, you feel inclined to support me on Patreon, I will be going into different ways that you can work with the planets in magical workings a little more in depth and a little more specifically. So if that's something you're interested in, then um, definitely join my Patreon and stay tuned for that, which will be in the coming months. I'm working on planetary oil formulas and plant correspondences to help people, specifically in a magical capacity. So if that's an interest of yours, then definitely join me over there. But for now, that is the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on Neptune. Um, I definitely think it's one of the more interesting placements that you can harness in a really creative, unconventional way. And also in a really kind of esoteric way, which is pretty fascinating to think about. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, feel free to DM me on social or tweet me. I'm on Twitter at uh, Astro W Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Astrology Witch Podcast. I'm also on Facebook. It's the Astrology Witch Podcast, and I share memes from time to time and different kind of fun postings there. So if you enjoy astrology memes, definitely check those out. And feel free to hit me up or shoot me a message or an email. I'm the Astrology Witch 89 at Gmail if you want to email me. Um, and again, of course, you can join me on Patreon if you feel so inclined. So thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to make more episodes. I'm working on doing another Astro Tea Chat very soon. So can't wait for that. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.